What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you in your walk toward eternity, in your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God our Heavenly Father desires for you and for me and for all of us to become. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, relationship advice, the list goes on and on and on. And then I will take those questions, pray with them, study, reflect on them, and then get back to you, hopefully in such a way that is helpful for you to cultivate virtue, to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But my disclaimer is this, and has always been this, I'm not perfect. Therefore, the advice I give to you might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to conform your life to Christ. Yet and still, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus in prayer and in the sacraments and in scripture so that God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you're a first time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions, comments, and or critiques at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. It's very helpful when you do this because it helps other people to find out about the show. If the show is a gift for you, potentially it can become a gift for other people as well. And you can share us on your social media pages, on your Instagram, on your Twitter, on your Facebook. Again, that helps more people find out about the show. Finally, both my books, Broken and Blessed and Pocket Guide to Adoration are back in stock and they are available at EssentialPress.com. On today's show, we are going to talk about prayer a lot. We're going to talk about morning prayer and evening prayer that comes from the Liturgy of the Hours and why that is not a prayer that is exclusive for priests, religious, um, and bishops and deacons, and how every disciple of Jesus Christ is invited to pray the Psalms. We are also going to talk about uh, practical suggestions for people who battle anxiety, especially during this time of the coronavirus and the quarantine. And finally, we're going to address how we can help our families to pray, to begin to cultivate a prayer life whenever we might not pray at all right now. But before we get into those awesome questions, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is this. It's, man, Jesus Christ is so alive in the sacred scriptures. Yeah, gosh, I don't know where to start. I, I Basically, the Lord, I have been able to perceive his voice with such clarity, specifically in the sacred scriptures, the word of God, the Bible. And for that, I am so, 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 so grateful. Um, and I, I could just share with you uh, just a quick glory story because there's just so much of the word of God has been so alive lately in my, my heart. But recently I, I was on the phone with my buddy, Jeff Cavins, and we were just talking about some scriptures. And and he asked me at the end of our conversation, he said, Josh, Father Josh, how can I pray for you? And I said, you know what? Just pray for me to surrender and detach. Like that's my my ongoing prayer. It's been that for a while, but it's, it's back in my heart again, surrender and detach. And so he said, sure, I will intercede. Him and Emily both said they'll pray for me for that. Then after I finished up my holy hour, I opened up my 
my office of readings, which is a part of the Liturgy of the Hours, which is something we're going to talk about today on a show. And I opened up my office of readings and the very first antiphon was surrender to God and he would do everything for you. I was like, whoa. So I screenshot that, sent it to Jeff. And then the next day, one of my friends and one of my coworkers here at Holy Rosary was talking with me. She, she said, look, I just want you to know I was not praying for you. I wasn't praying for you, but I just kept perceiving that God wanted me to tell you. And I like that just the maturity that perceiving, right? She didn't say God told me to tell you. I can't stand when people say God said this because that's when we say that God told me to tell you this, we become infallible and no one can question or discern the words that were spoken or test the spirit. So she was very mature. She said, I, I perceive that like God wanted me to share that with you, that he's inviting you to surrender and, and, and to let go and to detach. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I said, that's the same prayer I asked Jeff to pray for me for. And that's the antiphon that was in the office of readings yesterday after I said I want him to pray for me for that grace. And now you're telling me this. So it was just a very beautiful grace. And then I had spiritual direction on Friday of this past weekend. And my spiritual director and I were able to 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 put all the dots together and just to, to see how the Lord was inviting me to like a new season of freedom. Freedom, freedom, inviting me to a new season. Yeah, yeah. Freedom, freedom, I can't let my spirit be. Oh, my Lord and Savior was calling me to experience ooh, new freedom. Or um, there's another one on. Um, oh, freedom. Oh, freedom over me and i know there'll be a day when something 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 mashed potatoes and gravy on the side yeah yeah so anyways yeah man just the lord is so good so i just love him and i'm so grateful for prayer and speaking of prayer, I say we just jump into today's show, which is all about prayer. All right. First question comes in from our Facebook live that we did a few weeks ago. This comes in from Paul, Paulie Paul. Paul says this. Can you explain why morning and evening prayer is not just for religious? Yeah, Paul, that is a great question. So at every priest ordination, um, we make a promise, right? So we make a promise to pray what's called the liturgy of the hours five times a day. Office of readings, morning prayer, daytime prayer, evening prayer, and night prayer. It's the official prayer of the church. Also, religious sisters and brothers make uh, vows to to pray the liturgy of the hours, as do deacons. They don't make a promise to pray all five, but they do make a promise to pray a few of the liturgy of the hours throughout the day. The liturgy of the hours is composed of, of scripture verses, um, uh, the writings of some of our saints, and also the Psalms. The majority of it is the Psalms. And the Psalms were the prayers of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ prayed the Psalms. That's why the Psalms are the prayer of the church, because the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. 
in every disciple of Jesus Christ, whether you are ordained or you are a vowed religious or a consecrated virgin, every single disciple of Jesus Christ, laity and clerical alike, are invited to imitate Jesus Christ in our walk toward eternity, not only in our works, not only in our ministry, but also and primarily in our prayer, in our prayer. And Jesus prayed the Psalms. So because he prayed the Psalms, we are invited to also pray the Psalms. Whenever Jesus Christ prayed, he always prayed for other people. And so whenever we pray the Liturgy of the Hours, we're always praying those offices for other people that we know or that we don't even know in the present, in the past, and in the future. And so we're always invited to pray them for someone else. And in the Psalms, we get to see that there are sentiments that are manifested that are sorrowful and that are joyful, that are happy, that are sad, that are hopeful and that are anxious, that are angry. There's all these different emotions. And so if we're praying the Psalms and we, we, we realize, hey, you know what? I don't particularly feel this emotion right now. Then we say to the Holy Spirit, Lord, you know someone in the world right now that is stressed out, that is anxious, who is joyful, who is sorrowful, who is happy, who is glad, who is hopeful. Lord, apply my prayers to them or apply my prayers to someone in the past who needed them. And you are a God who's outside of time. And so you can apply my prayers of the Psalms of Jesus because Jesus Christ is outside of time to that person who needed them 20 years ago or a person who would need them in 20 years from today. Very, very beautiful. St. John Cassian says this, he says, receiving into himself all the inward states contained in the Psalms, he will begin to sing them, not as if composed by the prophets, but as if spoken by him as his own prayers, drawn forth from the deepest compunction of heart. And he will certainly interpret them as directed at himself, understanding that their verses were not only formally fulfilled by or in the prophet, but that they are fulfilled and acted out daily in him. Jesus we are the body of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are invited to pray in union with Jesus Christ the prayers of Jesus. Singing the Psalms is a gift not only for us, but for the entire world. And so, yeah, the Psalms, morning prayer, evening prayer, daytime prayer, night prayer, office, they are for the entire church. And even the Catholic Church invites parishes to, to prioritize the Liturgy of the Hours, at least one office, namely evening prayer, in the parish setting, for the parish to pray evening prayer, either Saturday evening or Sunday evening. Uh, it's very difficult for many parishes to do this because of you know anticipatory masses and PSR programs and things like that. But if, if possible, for the laity to join their priests and their religious and their deacons in praying the liturgy of the hours. So the Psalms are awesome. Morning prayer, evening prayer. Night, my favorite is nighttime prayer. If you go on YouTube, uh, Click on, go to YouTube and type in Father Josh Johnson Night Prayer. And I actually have um, every single night prayer chanted on uh, YouTube available for you to join us in praying that specific liturgy of the hour. So let's go ahead and jump into our next question about praying with anxiety. This is from Bernadette, who's, by the way, Bernadette, I love your name. Uh, saint Bernadette is uh, a great, great saint. I got to visit Lord's. And um, yeah, it was so cool when I, you know, it was so embarrassing too. Yeah. So like I was in Lourdes a few years ago, uh, me and my best friend, Father Ruben did a pilgrimage with our parishes at the time. 
he was at Holy Family. I was at St. Aloysius. And uh, we went with some people who are still our closest friends to this day. But um, I had a very embarrassing encounter in the pool, you know, in the bath. So the, the apparently, allegedly, and I believe this to be true, the baths, the waters at Lourdes are, um, they have no germs. They're immaculate, essentially. Like they are without germs. And they have been used since the 1800s by people who are sick from all over the world. But they are just completely pure, which is a great miracle. Which really didn't make sense to me why during the coronavirus they shut down the Lord's bathwaters if scientifically it's a fact and been proven that those waters cannot be contaminated by any germs. But nonetheless, I digress. I'm not in Lourdes, so whatever. I got my own people to worry about, so I don't need to be spending my time worrying about other people's business. Can I mind my own? Can I get an amen? Amen. So yeah, I'm going to mind my own business real quick. Uh, but when I went there, uh, yeah, I just had a very funny experience that I don't know if it's appropriate to share over the podcast, but it was with the water, the bath waters. And um, I would just say this, that those waters are really, really cold. They are really, really cold. And uh, we'll leave it at that. So Bernadette says, hey, Father Josh, what practical suggestions do you have for someone battling anxiety, especially during this time of so many unknowns? Yeah, so Bernadette, there's a great question. Again, I want to begin this and preface this by saying that anxiety is real. Anxiety is a real experience of profound suffering. It could be crippling. It could be debilitating. And many awesome, holy, radical disciples of Jesus Christ, faithful Catholic Christian men and women experience anxiety to some degrees lesser and, and more for others. But it is a real thing that needs to be reverenced. It's a real experience of illness. It's a real cross that you may or may not be carrying in this season of your life as you're listening to this podcast. So um, if you are experiencing anxiety during this time of the coronavirus, the first thing I want to invite you to do is reverence yourself and get to know yourself. Become self-aware. What typically triggers the anxiety? When is your anxiety the worst? When is it debilitating? When is it uh, crippling for you? What precedes you experiencing anxiety to more degrees or lesser, right? Determine and discern that. Then if possible, I'd really encourage you to not do that alone, but to reach out to a spiritual director who can meet with you during these times, if not face-to-face -face, online, on Google Hangouts or Zoom or however possible for you guys to meet. And also, if possible, I always, always, always encourage disciples of Jesus Christ to experience illness that is mental illness um, or emotional distress to find a good, holy, awesome counselor or therapist in the body of Christ to accompany you, to minister to you in the seasons of your life where you're experiencing anxiety. Then lean into other members of the body of Christ who experienced anxiety. There are so many saints who have preceded us in our walk toward eternity, who have experienced mental illness and anxiety. Uh, there are so many. One of my favorites is um, a guy by the name of Oscar Romero. Archbishop Oscar Romero had experienced profound anxiety. Um, and it was so debilitating that he actually had to go get treatment at one point. So if you are being triggered in the season of coronavirus, I, I want to encourage you, you may need to go to some form of therapy if you can get into um, a place for that. Uh, 
I think Oscar Romero specifically struggled with mental illness with regards to OCD. Um, and at the time that he struggled with it, I think he was like 49 years old when he was finally diagnosed. Um, and he was already a priest and he sought out counseling uh, for this mental illness at a time where it was kind of looked down upon and frowned upon. Uh, but there's also many others. Venerable Vertilio Grande uh, grew up in poverty in El Salvador uh, before entering the Jesuits. And he also struggled with mental illness, uh, chronic anxiety, and scrupulosity. And he had a nervous breakdown. He is a venerable, venerable Vertilio Grande. Um, he was ordained a Jesuit priest. And even after his ordination, he continued to experience profound suffering and anxiety and scrupulosity. And he had a counselor that he saw ongoing. He never overcame his anxiety and his scrupulosity. There's other saints, St. Alphonsus, uh, St. Alphonsa. Uh, I can't pronounce uh, her last name. She was an Indian nun. It was Muta Tuparatu. I can't say her name. But anyways, she also experienced it after someone had broken to her convent, an intruder broke in, and she had PTSD for many years. Blessed Enrico, uh, servant of God, Rose Hawthorne, and St. Albert, ooh, a Polish St. Albert, Chimolowski, um, and many, many, many others um, who experienced anxiety and mental illness. And so leaning to those members of the body of Christ, ask them to pray for you, but also leaning to St. Paul. St. Paul had a thorn in his side. We don't know what that thorn was, but he writes about that thorn in his side in the sacred scriptures. And he said that he begged the Lord three times over and over and over again, God, please remove this thorn from my side. And God told him, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. And he picked up his cross and he carried it. We all have different crosses, right? Some of our crosses are not necessarily anxiety, but they are other things that are very real. And God invites us to not necessarily be free from it, but be free to carry the cross with him toward Jerusalem on earth and eternity in heaven. Um, also, I would encourage you to lean into not only the saints and other members of the body of Christ on earth, but lean into the prayers of Jesus Christ himself. Again, the Psalms were the prayers of Jesus. One of my favorite psalms to pray specifically whenever struggling with anxiety is Psalm 91. You who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shade of the Almighty, say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. He will rescue you from the fowler snail, from the destroying plague. He will shelter you with his pinions and under his wings you may take refuge. His faithfulness is a protecting shield. You shall not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that roams in the darkness, nor the plague that ravages at noon. Though a thousand fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, near you it shall not come. You need simply to watch. The punishment of the wicked you will see, because you have the Lord for your refuge, and have made the Most High your stronghold. No evil shall befall you, nor affliction come near your tent." For he commands his angels with regard to you to guard you wherever you go. Okay, stop right there. The word of God tells us that God commands his angels to regard us, to guard us wherever we go. We're not alone. We all have guardian angels who are praying for us. So whenever we experience anxiety in these moments, invite the angels to begin to minister to us while we are awake and when we sleep. The psalm goes on, but you can pray the rest of yourself, but you get the point. So, I encourage you to lean into the body of Christ and lean into Jesus Christ in the Psalms, the body of Christ, both on heaven and on earth. 
All right, let me know. Was that helpful? Hit me up at askfatherjosh at assistionpress.com and give me your feedback, your comments, your critiques, ongoing questions so that we can continue the conversation and walk with each other toward heaven. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to dive into our final question about family prayer. Every one of us is made in the image of God. We are unique, worthy of love, and called to greatness. In this world, though, we can be distracted from that truth and begin to doubt God's love is real. You see, we live in a world that tells us we are not smart, attractive, thin, or rich enough. It is easy to focus on the ways we fall short of worldly perfection and forget that we are already made perfect. We are already enough. I'm Danielle Bean, author of You Are Enough, what women of the Bible teach you about your mission and worth. You Are Enough dives into the stories of women in the Bible so that you can fully see God's plan for your life. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. And we are back. Uh, Don't forget you can rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats. You can share us on your social media pages. You can also send me more comments, questions, and critiques at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. And you can order my book, Broken and Blessed, and Pocket Guide to Adoration at AscensionPress.com. And while you're at it, you can say a few prayers for me because I'm currently in the process of writing a new book with Ascension. And uh, I need your prayers because I think it's due in about a month and a half and I still have some writing to go. So please pray for me for that project. All right, final question comes in from our Facebook Live questions from Nancy. Nancy writes this, how can we help our family pray more when they might not pray at all? That's that's a, a great question, Nancy. Uh, yeah, how do we form the domestic church? How do we help our families to experience the love of Jesus Christ, not just on Sundays at Mass for one hour a week, but to engage in a relationship with Jesus Christ while at home? Great, great question. So first things first is I would encourage you to come up with a rule of life for yourself, Nancy. When are you going to have your personal prayer so that God can fill you up with his grace so that you can persevere when inviting your family to pray? So find a a space and a place for you to pray, a, a, a time that is consistent, and find a prayer that works for you. You might be drawn to Lexio Divina with sacred scriptures. You might be drawn to imaginative prayer with sacred scriptures. You might be drawn to prayer with, with music or prayer with, with movies, uh, with, with, with videos. You might be more visual in your prayer. You might be drawn to prayer in silence. You might be drawn to spontaneous prayer, charismatic prayer, the rosaries, devotionals. Find a Form a prayer that works for you, that you find when you do it, it helps you to grow in virtue and be faithful to Jesus and to this mission that God has given you to help your family pray. Then, after you have received his grace, then work with your family in cultivating time that is, again, consistent with them for prayer. Don't overdo it. Sometimes families try to go extreme. They go overboard and they push their family away from God. But start small in the beginning. Uh, For instance, be intentional with every time your kids leave home for school, you and your husband to bless them. Make the sign of the cross over them and send them off with a quick prayer. Then prayer before meals, traditional prayers. Bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts which we're about to receive from the bounty of Christ our Lord. Amen. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Then what I would encourage you to do is, is to have screen-free time 
after you have supper with your family. Screen-free time where the phones are off, the iPads are closed, the TV is shut down, and your family has time away from noise, away from distractions to do something simple where you can either come together and, again, be creative. Find out what works for your family. Maybe try a rosary. Try rote prayers like Our Fathers, Hail Marys, Glory Bees. Try uh, devotional prayers like Novenas. Try to pray with scripture. Try prayer with music, praise and worship, or gospel music, our Gregorian chant. Maybe pray with visual things like the scenes from the Passion of the Christ. Find a form of prayer, like be creative, that works for you and for your family. And it might be different. It might look different for each one of you, but try to do something that's consistent. Maybe do intercessory prayer where you say, how can we pray for you for the rest of the week or for today or what what it might be? Then after everyone goes through and says what they're grateful for and what they need prayers for, begin with an Our Father, close with the glory be. And then again, nighttime blessings over your kids. Go to their rooms with your spouse or by yourself and bless them at the end of the night with holy water and with the cross on their forehead. And those are just some simple things that I think you could do in the beginning to cultivate a holy family rooted in being a domestic church, again, founded in the interior life and their relationship with Jesus the Christ. So hopefully you found that to be helpful. Again, hit me up at AskFatherJosh at Assistant Press. Dot com and let me know if the advice was helpful for you uh, and maybe practice it and then get back to me in like two months and let me know if there's any supernatural fruit. And again, it's going to be a struggle. Some of the kids ain't going to want to pray. Your husband might not want to pray. You might not want to pray at times, but we just do it anyway. As messy as it is, we just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. As St. Nike says, just do it. All right. Let's pray right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, in your name and through your power, I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit upon all of our listeners here at our community through Ask Father Josh. I ask that you give all of us the grace that we need to fulfill the demands of discipleship and to root ourselves, be drawn by you in prayer, to spend more time with you in the sacred scriptures, to fall in love with your word, to stay in love with your word, and to allow your word to abide in us while we are awake and when we are asleep at all times, in all places, in all spaces, in our walk toward eternity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, y'all, God bless, and I cannot wait to continue to walk with each and every single one of you toward heaven. If I don't meet you on earth, I pray that we become saints so that we can become great friends in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity. Deuces.